Welcome to episode 21 of the Play Your Yards Right podcast. As always, I'm Sasha here with my wonderful co-host, Sarah. And it's an old school one today. It's just you and me. We're getting through it, but we are in the throes of football. Rough weekend all around for us on the football front. But I got to tell you, a weekend with football mm-hmm. still beats uh, still beats most other time. This this is the best time of year, right? All this like, football's yep. going on, baseball playoffs. Not that, you know, don't follow hockey too much. Hockey's starting. Baseball's about to start. It just feels like this is the perfect time of year to be a sports fan. Oh, it is. 100%. And I do want to start. I'm happy it's just us today because I am down bad today. I secretly, I know I asked you this before the game yesterday, so I did not purposely eliminate any other variables after the Cowboy loss. But if I, this morning I woke up and I was like, oh, I don't even know how I'm going to go and talk about this game. Like, it's very raw still. But it makes it better that there's less people here. Although Mike is probably hurting just as bad as us right now over in London. So probably who knows? Worse. I guarantee his hangover <laughs> is worse than all of ours, and he's got to hop on a flight back. So it's a rough one. Yeah. We will get into that. But I'm, I'm excited to get the raw reaction. And honestly, it'd be in the holiday also. It's not even like you can kind of get out of the house, go see some patients, mm-hmm. get work to take your yeah. mind off it. It's just a day to wallow in self-pity. It is. It is very much so. But yeah, rough weekend all around for me. I mean, I know we're going to get into the Premier League. There's MLB baseball going on. That's why it was also a little rough for me as, you know, an aspiring Orioles fan here. But <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, it is a good time of year. I'm excited, though, because we have football tonight, some MLB playoffs, you know, in the middle of the week to kind of focus on. And then all of a sudden we're at Thursday again with football. So it's a big, you know, it's a great time of year for sports ML and NBA kind of if you're into like preseason games and stuff like that things are starting to happen so if you need a distraction from football like i might need for a couple days you know there are plenty of other things on to watch that's what i was the uh, that's the good part i'm totally with you on that so before we get into football before we get into baseball i got it i got to distract you guys with some premier league stuff that's the only thing that's going well on my front in the uh in the sports world because tottenham just cannot be stopped they pulled off another huge win this weekend um it was relatively expected uh luton town who just got promoted last year uh, still kind of bottom of the table, um, but we went in and basically it's a super tough away environment. Basically, it's like playing away in the Premier League is all, if if you can win on the road, that's always huge. Um, so the first ten minutes we we're playing super super well, had a bunch of op, you know, a bunch of uh, huge opportunities that we had just missed. Um, but Luton played tough; they stuck around. Um, I don't know if you've seen this at all, but Luton Town, their uh, their home stadium. So basically, over the last ten years. The uh, the like Luton Town went from playing non-league football and got promoted like, like to the Premier League in an incredibly short period of time. So there's still like a guy on the team that was playing with Luton Town when they were basically, you know, when they were non-league, like non-affiliated with anything. So it's an incredible, incredible story. It's super cool to see them go from literally nothing. Like I'm, people kind of uh, are following that welcome to Wrexham kind of story with uh uh, what was it, Rob McElhenney and uh, what Ryan Reynolds that bought that team. So mm-hmm. it's like literally this team was playing in that league and managed to make it to the Premier League. So some pros and cons come with that. Obviously, there's a ton of money. It's super exciting. It's wild. But literally, they had to cancel their first home game and like postpone it because the stadium was not ready to be able to like house cameras and all of the stuff that they were ready for, like that they need to you know, have TV deals and have these games streamed worldwide. So it's kind of hilarious. It's super small. It only holds, I think it was like 11,000 people in this stadium. And literally the way that the away fans get in, if you Google, I think it's Kenilworth or just like Luton Town away fans entrance, 
you have to go upstairs and like through the stairs to get into the away fans. It's just like backyards. Like this stadium is just in a neighborhood. <laughs> like the stands are just like there's people's like laundry hanging out to dry, like on like attached to like the stairs that you walk up. So it's just really cool how the kind of sports work over there, but super fun. So the environment was ruckus. Uh, they did get, end up getting two yellows. So we went down to 10 men and it just felt like this was classic. Tottenham was going to blow it, but they ended up scoring a goal uh, and winning one, nothing, even though they were down to 10 men for the whole, the entire second half. So going into another international break, everybody goes back, plays with their countries for a couple of weeks. So this is Tottenham's best start since it was like, I think it was 1961, which is the last time they won the league playing super well. We're at the top of the table right now. First place, which is, I don't think anybody expected it after we lost Kane, got a new coach in and everything. So feeling huge, feeling high. And I think I have you to thank for it because as soon as you pledge your allegiance to something, uh, things start going well. So still, thank Mm. you. Thank you. Thank you. We'll see about that. Yeah, maybe not the right time to be rubbing it in, but just just to let you know, things are going well on this front. <laughs> well, I did dip my foot into a little soccer this weekend too. I think it was Friday. I started the Becca. I forget. I have to look up. It's called Netflix. The documentary about David Beckham on yeah. Netflix. So I was like, maybe this will get me like a little backstory appreciation for soccer. So I did have this the intention. You know, the intention is there to get into the Premier League. This is like my little <laughs> dip in and get there. But looking forward to following along. I mean. I, I love the drama and the passion that the soccer fans bring. So it's only a matter of time, I feel like, before I'm sucked into it all. Now, that Beckham documentary seems great. I've, I haven't started it yet either, but all the clips I'm seeing, it just looks awesome. He was just the, uh, I mean, he is a game changer. Made like everybody, yeah. like everybody worldwide already obviously watches soccer, but like he was a transcendent figure and like just, you know, he was, a, he's a magic, super handsome dude also. So it makes it a, mm-hmm. makes it a whole lot of fun. He's a, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. I, I'm definitely in to watch that. We could do some recaps of it, but listen, you're, you're Tottenham Hotspur. We're looking good for you. So we appreciate it. Yeah. Well, thank you. But my magic wand is not working as well with the Orioles. So <laughs> they started off their playoff push um, going down 0-2 to the Rangers this weekend. They lost 3-1 heartbreaker loss on Saturday that could push back with a rain delay. And then Sunday, actually, I was very close to convincing my dad to go to head down to go to this game. I'm happy we didn't um, because the Orioles lost 11-8 to the Rangers, which doesn't sound as bad as it really was. Um, They were down by quite a deficit at points after giving up. They walked all three bases loaded and then gave up a grand slam very early on in the game. And then they kind of were just clawing their way back from there and randomly ninth inning decided to cut it from 11-5 to 11-8. And it was like that little spark, but... You know, like it's just the likelihood at that point, like win probability so low. But now they're heading back to Texas. Obviously, you need to win two on the road, which is challenging. But I keep telling myself if the Rangers were able to come in, you know, to a Camden Yards and pull that off, why can't the Orioles? And then if I feel like if they can win tomorrow, then the gate like game four is a little bit of a changer because then the pressure is on the Rangers, right? Like they don't want to lose, go down to game five, head back to Camden Yards. If there's a game five, I will be there. My dad and I decide where we are going. So I'll be providing some live updates for the pod if we make it there. <laughs> but first, yeah, got to hope for a big win on Tuesday. Um, and I, I think they'll win at least one. They have not, they've yet to be swept this year. So I think they'll win. I know, right? Like I feel almost like Jinx saying that right yeah. now, but all the announcers kept saying it too. So yeah, we'll see. But that's as much of the MLB playoffs I've watched. I don't know if you watch much. I mean, Football all day yesterday. I'm not going to take time away from that <laughs> to catch up on the other series. But yeah, yeah, so far it does sound like a lot of the road teams are winning. That was one takeaway I did see just from glancing at some of the scores so far. 
Yeah, I uh, I completely agree. I'm not uh not super into it yet. Obviously, you know, just <clears throat> Yankees have left an incredibly sour taste in my mouth. But I think I'm with you. I, basically, my takeaways are, uh, I think the Phillies, uh, you know, playing in Philly are it seems like a wild mm-hmm. play. The, the clips you're getting out of there, it seems like it's just absolutely a, a madhouse down there. So that's fun to root for. Um, I mean, the Braves are a wagon, though, so I think like I mean that's a that's a series. But Philly taking a one zero lead is is huge. And then I just kind of think the world is rooting for the uh, the Orioles. It's like you know mm-hmm. no, nobody cares you know aside from actual Braves fans or actual Dodgers fans or whatever. It just like anybody who doesn't have a or, you know have a have a horse in this race, I feel like is all for the Orioles. So I think we'd all love to see you down there, Game Five, and uh, get the full Camden Yards vibe. Yeah, well, we'll see. Hopefully they make it there. But, yeah, so that's how my sports weekend started. And then (laughs) things only continued to get worse from there. Obviously, we're going to round it out with the Cowboys' chronological order, so I won't keep alluding to it because we have other games to get to first. So we'll back it up (laughs) to last Thursday, I guess. Feels like a while ago now. Commanders and Bears, Thursday night football. I mean, I feel like I, maybe us as a podcast, I feel like we're just not getting the commanders right here. Every time you think you're pinning down their identity, they go ahead and they either pull off, you know, a nice, maybe not win against the Eagles, but it was basically a win in their buck to play the Eagles so close last week. Then they go ahead and lose to the Bears, who are an absolute, like, dumpster fire. We spent all last week talking about it. And they not only lose, but 40 to 20 with, like, it was just trash all around. I don't know what to say. I don't know who they are. I don't know what their identity is. I don't know where their season's going to end because they just are the most unpredictable team in the league right now, I think. I, I completely agree. I have no idea what to make of them. This game was way more exciting than I thought it was going to be. I was like, this is just going to be an ugly yeah. like 15 to 12 game that I don't care about. And I'm going to just like go to bed early because I can't stand to watch it. So there were points, points, points. I had, you know, nobody cares about anybody else's fantasy team, but it's like, Justin Fields and DJ Moore, who I thought were going to have a great year all year. Finally, we're just going crazy. So it's like that was exciting to watch. And it's like this is the Bears team everybody thought might have been happening. It's like, oh, it's it's like the Lions. Maybe the Lions can win that division. But it's like the Bears up and coming got, the, you know, they they made the trades. Mm-hmm. They're they're you know, they're looking good. They got two first round picks next year. And they're, you know, Justin Fields is going to take that step up. And this is like what everybody expected. It was super fun to watch. Um, I just I can't believe like on the road what they were able to do. It's like to, to for the commanders to come out and just put up that stinker at home was just, it, it was shocking. I thought it would at least be close, but uh, yeah, I think the bears team is like, you're waiting for this to show up all season. They're fun to watch. It can be explosive. If they can keep like, you know, keep this up, but obviously I think their running back injuries are, uh, are going to be a real problem for them. Herbert's going to going to be out for, I think it's at least a few weeks. So I think they picked yeah. up some guy that was like on the dolphins practice squad. So Mm-hmm. And maybe uh, maybe Justin Fields will actually start running more and they'll continue to look good. But other than that, my main takeaway is that Matt Eberflus, I I, I, never, I guess I've never really gotten a good look at the guy before. That's not a guy you trust running an organization. He looks like he got fired from like a used car dealership for like doing coke in the bathroom. I like you. That, that's not the guy you want. Uh, you want for your future, I don't think. Just based on looks alone, and he just uh, obviously his play calling seems a little crazy. So. Not an Eberflus guy, not a believer in him. I think Justin Fields can still be good. I don't know if he's going to like win a championship with him, but he's not. They're not. He shouldn't be the quarterback of like the worst team in the NFL. No, no, not at all. And I mean, I think ultimately, I guess the Bears have a little bit to lose with the first round draft picks, but they kind of are 
Thursday, they seemed like they were just a team who had nothing to lose, which is always dangerous, right? Like you kind of can go out there and it almost like lifts away and the pressure off the team. Like there's that point where there's pressure when you like are desperate <laughs> for a win and desperate to, you know, do something. But then once you get to that point where you're just like so bad that it's like, there is literally no expectations of you. Then like that's a weight lifted off the team's shoulders, players, coaches, staff, whatever. And I think that's what we saw in that game. And that's, you know, the bears looked like they were, playing a lot more freely, comfortably, and, yeah, I mean, firing well on quite a few cylinders. So it will be interesting to see how things play out, though, because, I mean, they do have a lot to gain, <laughs> obviously, yeah. in draft picks. So it's like, where where do things go from here? You know, these guys get played to, you know, paid to play football, as we know. So everyone likes to say, you know, the tank, tank is less real in football than other sports. But at some point when you have potential for first or second and second round draft pick, it's like, I don't know. Right. I do not prioritize that. It's always the worst place to be is in the middle. It's, you know, when you're, you're not, which is, you're not bad enough to, uh, to get like a, a top, top pick and you're not good enough to make the playoffs or do anything. It's, it's really hard to get out of that rut. There needs to be a serious shakeup one way or another to, to do yeah. something. So I, yeah, I guess this game is kind of like preseason, how we would have maybe more expected it to go. Cause preseason, I, I was definitely higher on the bears and way lower on the commanders. I thought, you know, they're, they were going to be awful. So that's kind of how this ended up playing out. But, you know, based on the previous games of the season, it's a kind of a shock, but I am a huge bears fan now because we will, uh, we can get into this next game. I am now just fully on the giants tanking. Let's get, we need to find a first row, you know, get it, get it, get as high a pick as possible because this was terrible. I mean, it kind of what I expected. It just feels like, you know, it's like you've broke, you've broken my heart already. You can't hurt. I, I won't let you hurt me anymore. Obviously, as soon as the game starts, it's like I'm rooting for them. I want to see good stuff happen. I want to at least see something to like latch onto. But now I'm just dejected and I don't know what to think anymore. I like I knew it was bad right away. Because it's like, whatever, I'd always talked about, you know, the Miami Stadium, you know, we've talked about that a lot on the pod before, how it's just like, you know, they built it perfectly. So it's going to be a million degrees on the opposing sidelines. I didn't realize how stupid, red, and sweaty Dayball was going to look in the sun. He's not, that's not a guy, he's built for New York, he's built for Buffalo, mm -hmm. he's built for, you know, Green Bay. That guy is not built to go sweat his ass off in 110 degree mm -hmm. heat. I don't even know if it was that high. I just think it was sweaty. Every time they'd zoom in on him, he had his sunglasses on. He was like trying to look like <laughs> like uh, McDaniel with his uh, with the sunglasses and everything. But he was just so red. It's like I, I feel like he didn't put enough sunscreen on his head. And I was like, this mm -hmm. is this is just going to be bad. The sun, it's just going to it's it's going to get into his brain and it's not going to work. And it clearly did. I like. We haven't scored an offensive touchdown in, I think it's like at least six quarters. We scored one. I'm, yeah, I think what uh, Matt Breed, I think, scored one against the 49ers, I believe, but like we didn't score one uh, last week, uh, you know, against the Seahawks. We scored a defensive touchdown uh, this week. And other than that, it's like our offense stinks. It's so bad. I get it. it's like offensive line issues, but I feel like every team deals with offensive line issues and like doesn't look this bad. And like the Dolphins, all, all I thought the whole time watching it is like, oh man, it'd be fun to root for the Dolphins this season. Like they, this looks like an exciting team. Like every time they snap the ball, they had a play for 12 yards. So it's like whether they're running, passing, whatever. It's just like, how are these guys this open? Our defense shouldn't be this bad. I mean, obviously the Dolphins, aside from the Bills uh, two weeks ago, um, have kind of made everybody look silly. But it's just like, it's such a frustrating team to, to watch your team play against because they will just pick you apart and outrun everybody. So I mean, the defense is okay. The offense without mm -hmm. Saquon Barkley is 
horrific, I would say. Mm-hmm. I mean, like we started passing a waller a little bit. We looked okay, but like that's really it. The offense just couldn't do anything. Like made made a few plays to like get themselves in field goal range. But it's just like the 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 problem with the Dolphins is like their defense. It's not like super tough. Obviously on offense, they can put a billion points, but like they're not really known for their defense. And we couldn't do anything. The only touchdown we could score was on a pick 102 yard pick six. So not exactly mm-hmm. replicable. Our line is terrible. Daniel Jones can't stop getting sacked. I think he's addicted <laughs> to getting sacked. I don't know if he needs to get his eyesight checked. I don't know. It's just like his pocket awareness is less mm-hmm. than nothing. He doesn't know how to step up and move around. And we actually looked better when Tyrod Taylor came into the game. It's like, I, I guess I'm surprised that Daniel Jones got hit this many times and it took him that long to like actually get injured and taken out of game. Again, he's really just like Eli Manning part two, but like dumber and worse because it's just like that guy mm-hmm. just can't miss a game. He's just too stupid to know that he's hurt. Um, but like they look better with Tyrod Taylor in the game. And it's probably just because like, you know, whatever, they're playing a soft defense. They're up by like three scores. So it's like the Dolphins aren't really trying that hard. But, like, he was putting some throws together, and I, I I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. I guess at this point I'm just rooting for a salute. We're so far away. I mean, if the Saquon come back and, like, make this team that much better, I mean, he's still one guy. Like, obviously he's incredible, but I, I, I don't know what to make of it. It's I, talk, I, I felt like I was going to be – I was okay. I'm like, yeah, whatever the Dolphins are. But now just talking it out right now, I'm just getting myself worked up and mad again, so – Thanks. I did happen to see too, right before we came on here, like an ESPN Instagram post ranking, like the teams, like the bottom five teams yeah. and the Giants were number 32 on that yeah, list. I, don't play, like, <laughs> I was like, mm. so, <laughs> the more shocking it is that like we were able to beat the, uh, beat the Cardinals like that, 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 yeah. that literally the second half of that game is an aberration. Cause if you compare that, those two quarters, to every other quarter of football that you watch the Giants play this season, that is not the same team. Yeah. No, not I mean the Cardinals win is actually a, quite an impressive win though, when you look at it on paper now. Like the Cardinals are a very real and frisky team, but so they very well, I mean, things I don't know how they did that. <laughs> like and it is like you said, like that where did that offense come from that led them from behind in that game? And it's in there somewhere. And it wasn't all Saquon. Like I don't think there's that much to say by him being out or was he even playing that game? Yeah, yeah that was he when did, he got but, injured. Yeah, he got injured yeah. in that game. So I, I don't know. I guess the only hope is that maybe the Bills are stuck with Mike in London and they don't show up next week. And <laughs> maybe the maybe the Giants only chance of putting up any sort of fight in this game. But uh, yeah, I it's just I, I guess root for a pick, but it just feels so early yeah, yeah. to be rooting for a draft pick. It's like we're we're you know not even a third of the way through the season. Like well, I, I don't mm-hmm. want to be thinking like that. And. They keep putting us in these goddamn primetime games. It's like, oh, if I can't, like, not watch the Giants or, like, you know, throw red zone on and, like, that little, like, double box thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like I can kind of pay attention to something else. Like, nope, Sunday night, not another football game for me to be distracted by and uh, root for. So right. whatever. Yeah. It is what it is. I'm not happy about it. I don't even know where we go from here. I refuse to believe that it's uh, that it's entirely Dable's fault. I feel like there's, got, there's something that we don't know what's going on. Like, I just I, – mm-hmm. I mean, is is it just the same as like what's going on with the uh, uh, with the Vikings, where it's just like we got super lucky last year, and then now right. we all keep losing, and now the luck is all just kind of you know worn mm-hmm. its level. But yeah. I, I don't know. I'm at a loss. I'm sad. I'm upset. I uh, the only thing that made me feel better was the uh, Sunday night game. But we need to talk about the Eagles before we get there. Mm-hmm. I do have one last question on the Giants. So, what do you think, Daniel Jones? 
Are yeah. you like, how are you feeling on him now? Like if you have opportunity for draft, like, are you ready to move on in the next draft from a quarterback standpoint? Or you think he still deserves some more time given that they have had some injuries and things like that? Like where, where do you see that going? Where, where do you want that to go? Um, so, well, first of all, I want to preface this by I'm dumb and I don't know enough about football to legitimately make general manager questions. But I think if you can get Caleb Williams, like, I don't like it's it almost feels like it is a crapshoot. Like maybe Caleb Williams is great. Maybe he's not going. Maybe he's just OK. Like if Russell Wilson got drafted anywhere but the Seahawks, like do people still think about him as a great quarterback? Probably not. Um I mean, if you end up with the first pick, I think you have to take Caleb Williams with the guy that every you know. This is the guy that everybody's talking about. Shout out Sean Cole, who's the he. Uh, I think it was last year. He's like this guy's going to be the next Mahomes. Um, who knows? But I I think you have to. I'm not. I mean, aside from however these contracts are written and they paid him 140 million dollars or whatever it is, if you can make the money work and make it like you have you, I think you have to try with some of that. But it's like, is he bad enough to? Warrant maybe going, you know, using a high draft pick on a guy that maybe you know will turn, you know, turn into something, or maybe won't. Like, I don't know. I, I again, I think I've said it before. It's like kind of what the Cowboys always do. It's like start with the lines. You need to if if there's an all star offensive lineman, you need to start with an all star offensive lineman because I like Tyrod Taylor can be a great quarterback if he has a good offensive line. So it's like I, I think Daniel Jones can be a good quarterback if he's given some time maybe i'm totally wrong in that it's just like last year was maybe that the aberration and now people just know how to like fluster him is he really bad under pressure so when you have the number one pick i think you definitely move on i it's i i I am not holding to daniel jones even a little bit to think that like he's going to be our guy for the next 10 years i think if you have a chance to make a move for somebody that could be better i think you have to do it I think that's fair. Well, I'll let you off the hot seat now because I know, trust me, I'm, I don't want to be I'm in your shoes and I don't even want to get to the Cowboys game right now because it's going to set me back all over again. But in the interim, let's hit the Eagles versus the Rams. Um, Eagles 23, Rams 14. I felt like this one, again, same as last week, in my opinion, like I came out of this feeling the Eagles remain very beatable. They have yet to be beaten. But they look, you know, they're not like this. They're not the 49ers, that's for sure, this far into the season. Granted, that's taking a while, taking out, you know, the difficulty of their games that they've had so far and who they've played. But, I mean, I think that, you know, the Rams definitely had some opportunity to win this game. They kind of just fell off a little bit in the third and fourth quarter from what I see saw. I didn't watch too much of this, like, straight through. But I do think, you know, I, personally right now as a Cowboys fan, I actually feel a little more concerned about the Cowboys facing off um, their secondary against the Rams receiving core because they have Cooper Cup back now. Um, they have a lot of very good weapons. So I think both of these teams are pretty strong and I think going to be good contenders in the NFC. But I'm not – the Eagles are good, don't get me wrong, but I do think that they are very beatable. And right now the 49ers, like, putting them in comparison, like, they're a step above. The, the 49ers are a step above the Eagles. I would agree. I think uh, yeah, the, the thing that does worry me is this does feel like a beginning of the season, working some kinks out and still are able to you know scratch out these wins, which I think, you know, as you get in the season, at the end of the season, injuries come up, crazy tight games. They know how to like scratch out a win, which is, I think, a thing, some things that people would hold against maybe the Chiefs sometimes or like the uh, some of these other great, great teams where it's like, 
they're never really playing anybody that's really that good. And they're, they're, you know, they don't really know how to have that offense and just knowing how to win. I think the Eagles really clearly know how to do that. And they're, they're clearly not the same team they were last year, but they, you know, they still have talent on basically every facet of the game on offense. I think their secondary is really the only thing that's not great. Uh, Their defensive line is, is crazy. You know, I feel like they get in the backfield immediately, but uh, I, I completely agree. I think that hopefully they'll, find some opponents that like can close them out. I think that, uh, you know, I, it's like the giants, I, I don't think are the case, but obviously you saw how close the commanders played them. The both mm-hmm. of those Cowboys Eagles games are going to be tight no matter what. So I'm hoping that they'll be able to lose some momentum and maybe some infighting who knows, I, but somebody will find a way to beat this team. And I'm, I'm really, really hoping it happens soon before they get too much confidence. Yeah, no, 100%. So well, I guess it's time now. <laughs> I, I am worried about their defensive front, like murdering Daniel Jones. I think Daniel Jones might yeah. die. Like he just keeps coming into like he managed to survive these other games, like by the skin of his teeth. Like I, I don't, I don't want to see Micah Parsons again. I don't want to see that. Mm-hmm. Like thank God they don't have to play the 49ers again. But it's just like I think yeah, Jalen whatever Jalen uh, Jalen Carter I think is just going to eat Daniel mm-hmm. breakfast. So yeah. not happy about it. No. no, they're dangerous for sure. But I guess we'll close it out. Sunday night football, San Francisco 49ers 42, Dallas Cowboys 10. We put up two West points in the New York Giants against the 49ers. That's <laughs> that, and that that hurts a lot, like really bad. This whole entire game was quite literally the worst case scenario. I did not have super confidence that they were going to be able to go in and win this game. Like I said, I felt like a one score, tight, well played like battle I felt like it was going to come down to who made the least mistakes and who had the ball last like one of those two things to win this game and that that was not the case (laughs) at all um I truthfully this never happens um but I did quit in the third quarter and go to bed because it was so painful to watch I don't know how anyone who had stake in this game unless you're sick and like watching the Cowboys lose which must be it like this was bad football to watch like if this was any other two teams I would have gone to bed in like the first quarter because it was just not fun but I guess people enjoy watching the Cowboys make fools of themselves and that's exactly what they did um I said last week the Cowboys had to be flawless in pretty much all aspects in order to even pull off a win in this game. And they were absolutely trash, honestly, offensively, defensively, coaching. They were undisciplined, tons of penalties. That, to me, is what, like, really got me going. It felt like an exact replay of the last two times that these two, like, the Cowboys have faced off against the 49ers where they were just undisciplined, so many penalties, specifically defensively, where they're extending drives and you just – cannot do that against anyone, but especially this 49ers team who has ability to suck the life out of this game, you know, by extending their offensive possessions, they can like suck up so much of the clock. And then if you're down any more than like two scores, it's nearly impossible to come back. And that's counting if you're able to get a stop (laughs) against them when they get all the way down the field, which is very difficult. Um, I mean, the 49ers, I'm so impressed offensively defensively like they really are like an absolute wagon (laughs) at this point and I don't know who's going to be able to beat them but it definitely wasn't the Cowboys our defense they felt exhausted defeated they looked confused by literally the middle of the first quarter um they never had it together like from the very beginning I know they've had some injuries but still it's just like I don't know the loss of Trayvon Diggs like just tips this whole secondary like linebackers safety the corners everyone just looks terrible like 
Jaron Curse, Malik Hooker, they are very good, like competent players who have received like very good, like a lot of good remarks and like their knowledge base and, you know, kind of how they hold this defense together. And they are getting like, they're constantly like in blown coverage. They were confused. They're late to tackle. They were playing so soft on critical third downs. It just, oh, I was not impressed with Dan Quinn on this game. The offensive play calling was absolute shit. Like Mike McCarthy just, God, I can't, I can't. He just, I don't even know what he was doing the whole time, but he just looked like an idiot the whole game. Like he just never had confidence. Kyle Shanahan has his number so bad. And it's like, I don't know. At this point, you always hear like obviously teams draft and like prepare in the offseason with their divisional opponents in mind. And like the 49ers have to be in that like group for the Cowboys now, even though they're not in the NFC East because they've been knocked out of the playoffs by them, you know, two years in a row. You know, you're going to be facing them, you know, at some point in the playoffs. So they really, should be spending their offseason coaching staff, including preparing to beat this team. And they did everything but that. They got absolutely embarrassed. Um, and that to me is just like, what are we doing here? Because even if we are able to, you know, pull this through, get, you know, be a wild card team, we're going to have to face likely the 49ers, you know, in the playoffs, if not the unless someone knocks them off first or the Eagles, which they're both similar style of play teams. And we are not equipped to do that. Right now, the 49ers are a way better team. And barring catastrophe for them like I was like what's the point of everything because we're just gonna lose to them in the playoffs like I was so getting all emo Jimmy Butler over this I was just like what is the point what is the point anymore we're just gonna lose to them in the playoffs but yeah Trent Williams put Micah Parsons in his place Micah Parsons was a non-factor last night I mean granted Trent Williams is absolutely beast of a human being and like seeing him manhandle Micah Parsons you you forget the guy that Micah Parsons is when you watch that and you realize how incredible it absolutely is but yeah that was I mean none of our big players showed up CD was pouting around like usual he wasn't even open too it was not like a situation with Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow where you know the quarterback's not getting involved like CD wasn't open I mean Dak would have just done more interceptions forcing it to him Speaking of Dak, terrible numbers, 14 for 24, 163 yards, three interceptions. Mr. INT is back, and it's getting harder and harder to defend. I understand at the end, like, they were in the position where they were forcing it, so you're going to throw more interceptions when you're just, you know, you can't run the ball, right? Like, everyone knows what you're trying to do here, but I'm sick of it. I'm sick of seeing his face after the interceptions. I've been a very long Dak supporter. I'm not done with him by any means, but I'm questioning it. And that is a big step for me. <laughs> and it's huge. I know. And I it's hard because you want to like, like he seems so likable. Like you want him to do well, but it's like clearly he isn't it. Like he's not, he's part of the reason. He's not the sole reason, but he's part of the reason they're not able to win these big games. And it sucks to realize that. But yeah. And of course, George Kittle. I mean, I knew that was going to happen. He scored three touchdowns against us. Everyone was talking about he was having kind of a down year. And I was like, this is just so classic. Like, he's gone off against the Cowboys in the playoffs previously, too. So it's just like, I kind of like Kittle, too. But then I, I'm like, I hate him now. Christian McCaffrey, so freaking annoying. But so honestly, I'm in this, like, trending where I think the 49ers are more annoying to me than the Eagles at this crazy. point. That's crazy. And it's it's building there. Like, I think it might be recency bias. So check back with me in a couple of weeks on this one. But right now, like, I just the look of everyone, the only person – Shanahan I can I actually like like Kyle Shanahan I think it's because I just want him to be our coach so badly 
Whereas like Sirianni, oh my God, I can't even like yeah. look at him. I would not touch him with a 10 foot pole, quite frankly. But like Kyle Shanahan, I don't know. But the rest of the 49ers, like, oh, I used to like Debo Samuels. They're all, they're getting on my nerves and I'm tired of them. It's just because they've beaten the Cowboys in so many different aspects. But yeah, I don't know who beats them from here. Uh, it sucked. It was a bad game. I don't know. No, and then the you know they don't have the Cowboys have a difficult schedule coming up still. So to be coming out three and two or to be going into it three and two right now, it's like I don't know. They have a bye week coming up, not this week, but the following week. That's going to have to be a huge get right. You know, Jerry's going to be threatening like people's asses are on the line, like you know just. And I feel like that's just going to like marinate over the next week, probably even going into the bye week, and like they're going to have to come out of that bye week, like going like four and out, you know, from there in order for things to be get right in Dallas. But yeah, it was a tough one. <laughs> tough one to watch. Hard to relive that right now, but it's all right. <laughs> yeah. I think everybody feels the same way leaving the 49ers. I, uh, I mean, they're, they're unbelievable. They are so goddamn good. And I don't know if you saw George Kittle's undershirt also just adding insult to injury as much as you might have liked him. You know, he lifted up. His I shirt. was in bed by that point, but I did see the memes, like the pictures this morning. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> a, he's just, a, he's a fun all around guy. But it's, uh, I, I, I guess I get your bias uh, for maybe hating them, having knocked you out of the playoffs and then come down and, you know, whatever, Sunday night drop. 42 i mean yeah they're great at every facet of the game it's like they have a star on every level they just can't be stopped they have used check scoring touchdowns at the end it's almost like just because get the ball whatever get the ball in anybody's hand they just know how to draw up these plays the coaching is so good the players seem like they're all in there was i i also i don't know uh leighton vandresh is he gonna be out for a while with that neck injury um i saw him getting he up. has had a history yeah which hurts because he actually was the only competent defender yesterday, quite frankly. Like he was the only one somewhat helping in the run game. And he has a long standing history of multiple neck injuries. So I wouldn't be surprised. I haven't checked in on it today because I'm I'm staying away from the Cowboys today, in case you're wondering. But yeah. um damage control can be done at a later date. But yeah, I mean I think there's definitely potential and it's not great to see. Also, Turpin was got injured on a late hit out of bounds, which uh no one called that, but they basically that was like an additional defender coming in, then he got injured on that like second weird step so that was kind of yeah. frustrating um from that standpoint but that's not good because he's a little bit of a spark you know spark plug for them offensively right now when especially when cd and gallup aren't really doing anything so hopefully he's not out for more than uh you know maybe next week and the bye bye week is the only thing that's nice now i guess to have that coming up with those two being injured i got i mean if you if just in good uh cowboys news i mean that touchdown to, to turpin was sick like that was that was great that was a good play that was fun i know Oh, yeah, of course. After that, I'm like, let that cook. Let him throw the ball. Like, he, he so, you know, I'm like ready for, I'm like, why aren't they letting him sling it down the field? And then I'm like, oh, he takes this like a long bomb to Cooks down the field. That looks like absolutely terrible. I don't even, Brandon Cooks is useless on the Cowboys, too. Like, why did we even go out of our way to get him? Like, he never, he doesn't get open. Him and Dak clearly have no connection. They like very, I don't know what his completion percentage is to him, but it's, it has to be bad because I feel like they're not connecting at all. He's just like a random useless player on the Cowboys. It's like, we need a good tight, we need a solid tight end. That was what I came out of this game. I was like, you missed the Jason Witten. I was not a Dalton Schultz fan, but he was, you know, better than what we have now. Nothing like their tight, tight ends are mediocre right now. But Dak is the type of quarterback with how he's playing lately. Like he needs those tight ends for those like 10 to 15, 20 yard completions, especially on third down. Like that's a style of play he has lately. And we don't have anyone to like go ahead and, you know, make those catches. So that's what I think they need to be focusing on. We could have done without Cooks. I, I wish we had put our efforts elsewhere, honestly. 
Yeah. I mean, to take a word out of every announcer that ever called a uh, Jason Witten game, he needs a security blanket. Uh, that was mm-hmm. always, yeah. was always guaranteed as soon as, uh, you know, he had a, you know, it was a third and eight or something. And it was a, a 10 yard completion of Witten. Like, here's just a security blanket. And also I was just mm-hmm. thinking right now, just the same way that the giants kind of just got like a new Eli in Daniel Jones. I feel like the Cowboys just got a new Sean Lee in Leighton Vander Ash. It's like, Oh, just another mm-hmm. white linebacker. That's going to get injured like almost 100% mm-hmm. of the time. So yeah, we just, we, yeah. we know how to, we know how to handle that. Let's plug this and pl- plug this right in. I know it, it very, I thought you were going to say Dak was a new Tony Romo. And I was like, maybe no. like none of them are ever getting anything productive done here. So, and ever since Dak's ankle, like the first ankle injury, like he's not the mobile, like he has been forced into this cor- pocket quarterback. That is not him. Like that's not his strength. And that's, I think to me, that is like what I've kind of come to realize a little bit more on like why he's not it after so much promise. Um, is that like, I think that injury really changed his style of play and he's kind of trying to like shove himself into a form of a player that he's not. And it's not, not either capable of playing to his strengths or it's just changed how coaches are calling his games and he's just not he's not he doesn't have the arm and the accuracy to just be a pocket quarterback that he needs to be running the ball more and be more of a threat on his feet and more mobile you know and it's just not working out how he is and I, I don't know if there's a way around that and it can be rectified or not yeah uh so I think the real difference is Tony Romo would at least get like like let you get your hopes <clears throat> up higher for a longer period of time Dak, it's almost like, oh, 40 to nothing against the Giants, and then just shit the bed right after that. Or it's like two games, or it's one, and then one like this. Where Romo would like yeah. string together a couple, like maybe would I have kept this yeah. close or would have beaten them, and then it would have been like a much more monumental collapse uh, when you get a little later in the season. So now, at, le- yeah. at least Dak's like, you know, expectation setting a little bit earlier for you. Yeah. We're on like the kids roller coaster no. rather than like the one with the big <laughs> drop, like the adult Superman. We're on like just like the kids little one there. Right. So I guess it depends on how you look at it there. But yeah, and I mean that law I remember that win against the Patriots doesn't look as good anymore after last week. That was like kind of another like ricochet shot we got this week where it was yeah. just like initially like, yes, nice get right game against Belichick and the Patriots. And then it's like no, they're like second to the Giants probably is the worst team in football right now. So that doesn't even look as good now. All right. Talk, talk about ricochet shots. Jesus. Uh, and then, <laughs> and then I guess before, one last question for you, before we let you go, you miss Ezekiel Elliott at all? Cause Pollard just didn't do, I mean, obviously their defense is good and, you know, playing from behind doesn't really lend itself to be able to run yeah. the ball a lot, but their Pollard couldn't yeah. get any space yesterday. No, Pollard doesn't look like he did last year. And they kind of say that, right? They're like, there's definitely a difference coming in as like the accessory back to the star. And he's, but he's not as explosive. He couldn't get it going. He can't churn those like three, four yard runs out like Zeke could. And in a game like yesterday, that actually made a big difference because the Cowboys were like third and four, third and five, like multiple times. And previously, Zeke, you know, you can throw him in there and hopefully convert. Also, Zeke's blocking. You know, I've said it before, but I do think they miss him in that regard. Pollard's doing better. Um, they did show he had a few nice blocks yesterday, actually, but he's still not Zeke. And like, I feel like Dak does miss that like accessory production he was getting from Zeke in there. So yes, I do, but I like I I I don't see it. That's like a hindsight sort of his twenty twenty sort of thing, right? Like it wasn't a wise decision to keep Zeke and go on. It's just now it's like yeah, we we could have we wish we could have the best of both worlds sort of thing. Right, right. No, it makes sense. And uh, you know he's he's not exactly lighting the world on fire. It's not like he's running for one hundred and fifty yards a game to uh, be like, oh man, remember when we had that? So it makes it a little yeah, bit. Easier. No. 
no, no, he's probably still hating his life on the Patriots <laughs> on the Patriots at this point. He probably would have taken that loss yesterday to the 49ers than say in New England. Yeah, I'm with you. So, uh, we got some other relevant games. I, I would say it's a good weekend of football all around. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had mentioned here the Re- Ravens and Steelers. That one's always going to be a rock fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just want to touch touch base on that one because the Ravens were my backup Super Bowl team. I did place a future on them, and it's looking a little sketchy. That's also how I cope with these things, too. Like when the Cowboys lose bad, I'm like, okay, who else lost bad yesterday? You know, and I'm always like secretly hoping it's the Chiefs having a bad loss. So everyone will talk about that instead, but it never is. Um, but the Ravens, I mean, the Ravens losing to Steelers isn't like a bad loss because obviously they're, you know, divisional rivals. It's always a tough battle, but they just don't look right. Like, what is that? Lamar Jackson is not an MVP candidate. He doesn't like, he's healthy as far as we know. No one has come out and said otherwise that I've seen. And he just like, I, I don't know, something's up. Something looks weird with them. And I'm, I'm not confident in them whatsoever here. Like they're a tricky pick every week now in the pick and pull. I'm like, mm, like, I don't know. I don't fully believe in them. I completely agree. And it's almost like I, I there's a lot of similarities between them and the Bengals, like their interdivisional, you know, the Bengals, where it's like people expect it a lot, especially out of the quarterbacks. So like they're going to come out and they're going to be great. And they both really kind of fell flat but the difference is i you know obviously this wet this past week this is a little bit of hindsight but i think everybody was just kind of waiting for the Bengals to turn it around and it's not you know not as much if but when they're going to start looking healthy and hopefully if you know burrow's healthy and burrow's looking good they'll be able to turn it on but i don't feel that way with the ravens i don't like Lamar has not shown glimpses enough of you know and obviously with all the crazy stuff last year trying to get his contract he gets paid and then it just seems like every week just kind of stinking it up. It's like, I don't want to put too much weight in it because Ravens and the Steelers doesn't matter if, you know, they go into the, you know, if they're a one, one of one team is 14 and zero and one is zero and 14. It's like, it's going to be a hard fought game no matter what. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I put too much weight into it, but it's like the Ravens should be way better than the Steelers. Like from considering the Steelers, the Steelers offense is literally non-existent. Like that existent. That's what's crazy about the Steelers so far this year. And like they're doing this without like with minimal offensive production. Yep. Um, their defense is just that good. And but like you would think a Lamar would be like the caveat to that, right? Like he's obviously a you know an electric offensive player. So you would think like that the would give the Steelers an even harder time than maybe some other teams, but so far doesn't seem to be the case. I'm also very against a, a aperture stadium for the Steelers. Like that's Heinz field and it should always be Heinz field and it will yeah. always be Heinz field. aperture stadium is stupid. And I don't know what I could Heinz not afford to re up whatever their naming rights were. That's that is, that's stupid to me. I don't, I will always be Heinz field and I'll always call it Heinz field. Yeah. It, it just doesn't fit. It does not. But I know we already touched on it briefly with the Patriots saints, but I wanted to talk about in this game while we have the time this week, Belichick or Mac Jones? Neither are neither are it right <laughs> right now. But I'm wonder like I'm just so interested to see how this plays out. Also, like Patriots fans, I know they've had a lot of like really good long you know years, but like it must suck to be them right now because like I can't even. They're playing the type of football you cannot watch because they're not even losing close games. Like you know they're just bad. Like they're getting blown out. It's bad football. Mac Jones looks incompetent, but like. Do you think Belichick, like, would he get fired? Or do you think it would be, like, a behind-the-scenes sort of, like, it's best we, like, move, both mutually decide to move on sort of thing from here? I really don't even think that would happen. I think the way that Belichick is himself and the way that, like, 
you know, the success that he's brought to that organization that people forget, like, obviously everybody that's our age right now, that's a Pats fan has just like, they don't know how to deal with this shitty team yeah. because of what Belichick built. But like before Belichick and Brady were there, like that was a terrible franchise for long, long periods of time. So I think, I don't even think they have that conversation. I think if Belichick, I, I think he has too much respect for the game where if he feels like he doesn't love it or if he's lost a step, I think he will step away without even a conversation. He'll just like, it'll be like, uh, what is it? It's goodwill hunting or whatever, where they like show up at his door. And it's like, man, I just hope that you're gone when you know, we show up and you're not there. I feel like the Belichick would just like leave a note somewhere and it would just like, he'll disappear. Um, but like in the case where he like goes senile and like keeps showing up and thinking he can do it, I think that they just let him ride it till the wheels fall off. I mean, it's he's, yeah. he's the the greatest, you know, basically one of the greatest coaches in the history of the sport. And I think that they're just like, well, you know, you're you're gonna ride this ship into the ground, I guess. Like whatever you need, right. like, Mac Jones is clearly yeah. not the guy. And I think like when Belichick decides to step away is the only time that he would ever leave. I can't imagine Kraft ever coming down and be like. Time to hang them up, Bill. Yeah, that's very true. Okay, because it's not like they're like have promise. They do. They really have very no one very super talented or young on like on the team. Like they need a full clean house rebuild that's going to take some time. So I guess it almost like fits in a way like to let Belichick just like tank them for a couple of years and like start the rebuild and like hope that that coincides with him stepping away and like you kind of just like bring things back and clean like a fresh start from here so i guess also, that makes sense like we we're just saying is that almost worse though is that going to be bad because like he may be a good enough coach to get him a few wins and like yeah he might play them out of like a first or second overall pick but he's you know obviously with the the players he has right now like juju smith schuster being your you know this isn't 10 years ago or whenever right. he was great <laughs> on the Steelers. like that's he's not a vi- viable uh, you know, number one receiver like Ezekiel Elliott's clearly not the you know he's not the player that he was a long time ago. So, yeah, I don't I don't know where they go from here. I don't really know how they're feeling. I mean, obviously, well, again, second shout out for old Sean. Uh, I mean, he you know his uh, his three takes were it was just the offensive line is old. So I don't really know if anybody's even that excited. I don't know where you think they go from here, but it's yeah not a fun team to watch. No, but in a team, I think heading in the total opposite direction of the Patriots, the Colts, I know Mike is not here, obviously coming back from London, but I we're going to have to check in with him later in the week because are we committing to the Colts to win the AFC South? I mean, they pulled off a win against the Titans this year who are a question mark. I feel like they're just, in my mind, like a question mark the past like two or three years. I cannot get them right ever in my pick on pool because they're so up and down, but they're always a very solid, respectable team. So I think this is a definitely a big win for the Colts. And I mean, even with the, you know, basically even without Anthony Richardson, like Gardner Minshew has them looking electric if at like, honestly, not even competent, quite electric and their defense is playing well enough. It's, I think that we have to be all in. I think we have to make that move, you know, to place that future. But yeah, Colts fans must be feeling pretty good because they're definitely trending in the right direction, even with injuries to a very Richardson who looks like he's just going to be phenomenal for them when he's able to actually stay healthy. Yeah, as I just keep he keeps finding new ways. They 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 find keep finding ways to win, and he keeps finding ways to get hurt. So hopefully he can stay healthy. Hopefully it's nothing too serious. Um, but maybe this is kind of their their move. You know, Minshew's fun. You know, he's kind of an electric factory for a little bit. 
But uh, is that the guy, you know, you want to you want to make the cross country drive with? It's like, you know, he might be good uh, late night when everybody's real sleepy. You throw him the keys to get through Kansas when it's pretty dark. And it's like, oh, man, he's going to play music loud and that's fun. But getting through some traffic and, uh, you know, maybe driving through a city, you might be a little scared. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it might be, you know, let Richard sit in, have his hands on the wheel and then have, uh, you know, have, <laughs> have uh, Gardner Minshew come in and uh, do some crazy stuff to end the game. But the team looks fun. The coaching is good. I uh, I definitely like them to come up to the A come out of the AFC South. We can take a look at what some of those odds are and uh, see what Mike has to say when he comes back stateside. But uh, and also, yeah, speaking of Mike, the Bills. <laughs> it's a it's a rough game to travel uh, travel across uh, uh, country lines to be able to to go see. It was pretty brutal from the beginning. It just kept seemed like everybody was getting hurt. Milano getting carted off the field, losing Tre'Davious White last week. Uh, you know, huge, huge blows to the defensive side of the ball. And I mean, there was that, you know, that drive with like three minutes left where they went like 80 yards in like 50 seconds to score that touchdown. So it's like, mm -hmm. oh, right. They can do this. You can't forget about that. But then they, you know, just got gashed and uh, and gave up a touchdown to, uh, you know, to basically ice the game for the Jags. So mm -hmm. I think the Jags are kind of on the upswing. Obviously, I'm not going to, you know, let that, you know, have that hold too much water on the Bills front. I think they're still a very good team. Still very happy with my uh, Super Bowl pick of uh, of Bills uh, 49ers. So, you know, rough mm -hmm. loss. Yeah. It's a rough one to travel all that way. But I, I have faith in the Bills having a get-right game coming home against the Giants on Sunday night at home. Oh, for sure. I mean, this just felt like it was going to be a potential loss for them because everyone was talking about like Jacksonville was in line. You know, they stayed over in England for the week. The Bills came in. They were all still thrown off. To me, their offense looks so pained. And then that that you already alluded to it, but that drive where they literally it took them 50 seconds to get down the field. Like I'm always just like, I know we're just like fans just watching this, but I'm like, how? How can they not do this? Like <laughs> early, like they look so pained all game, and then all of a sudden it's like in a blink of an eye, it's just like. They're rolling Josh Allen, slinging it like it just I the, it's amazing to me how things can flip so quickly like that. But yeah, I don't know. I did see some things too, like Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs tensions are rising a little bit as they've been rising for a while now. So who knows, actually, but I think it's just the competitive nature of them both. And it just seems to be like the quarterback and wide receiver dynamic is the first place where things start to like kind of fall a little bit quarterback and coach though, I guess if you talk about like Russell Wilson and Sean Payton and everything yeah. like that, but <laughs> yeah, I think things will be fine there. And I think the bills will have a get right game. And that just seems, this just kind of seems like the bill's identity right now though, where they're just like a little bit of that emotional roller coaster, you know, that comes with being a Cowboys fan. The bills have a little bit of that where it's like, they can't have nice things consistently for too long. Like there's still a little Buffalo in them <laughs> where they either like have these tough calls, tough losses, or they just go ahead and like lay an absolute egg just to keep you on your toes. Yeah. I think you, you'll, uh, Michael need to take some notes. You can, uh, you, you've, you've lived it a lot mm -hmm. longer than he has. You can, uh, you can help him through that. Um, yep. As we mentioned, Blazel's best bets will return in the middle of the week this week. We will, uh, you know, just he has had some flight stuff. Everything's crazy uh, crossing uh, crossing over the pond. Uh, but we will touch last week. He was 1-1-1 one, one, and one on his best bets. So I uh, did win the, that San Francisco-Dallas over. Seemed like a great pick. Rams money line, I like the idea, but uh, couldn't get there. And then that Texans plus two. Vegas just nailed it on that one. Uh, got a push there. So, it was, uh, I would say, a pretty good week all around because he did throw in that three point, uh, that three team seven point tease at plus one twenty. That uh, that one did cash quite easily. So 
We are uh, no Malort uh, as of yet, not drinking that uh, that stuff, but he will be. they will be back this week. We will get the official picks from Mr. Blazel and follow us on Instagram at PlayYourYardsRight. You'll be able to find them there. We will be posting them a little bit later in the week. So follow us, stay tuned, and we will uh, continue to get that out for you. But we appreciate you guys listening. Thank you so much. Hopefully the NFC East will start to look a little bit better. Maybe the Giants will just continue to lose and we'll get uh you know we'll get a, a great quarterback, but you know, probably not. We'll find a way to ruin that as well. Um, things can only get better from here again. Thank you guys so much for listening. Follow play your yards right, uh, just for all of our content, plus uh the uh, the picks for this week of for Blazel's best bets. And uh we appreciate you guys listening. Thank you. <laughs>